Today's episode is sponsored by Alliance Leisure, the UK's leading leisure development specialist. Over the last 30 years, Alliance has worked with numerous local authorities to design and develop community sustainable leisure environments that encourage active lives, promote community cohesion, and tackle health inequalities. With a diverse portfolio of more than 220 leisure developments ranging from single site projects to multi-million pound complete leisure portfolio transformations, Alliance Leisure Services can be procured through the UK Leisure Framework. The framework is open to all public sector organisations in the UK. For more information, visit allianceleisure.co.uk. Welcome back to The Truth About Local Government. It's nearly Christmas and I have an amazing present for you today. We have uh, some very special guests in Sam Plum, Chief Executive and Leader of the Council, Councillor Jonathan Brook from Westmoreland and Furness Council. Sam, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Uh, good, thanks. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity of uh, sharing. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Well, first morning, thing, Matt. It's good to be here. Yeah, good morning, Sam. Sorry, I've had my I've had my coffee, so I'm just <laughs> rare to go. <laughs> For the listeners at home, can you please provide an outline as to your roles at the council? Perhaps if we start with yourself, Jonathan, what is your role as leader of the council? Okay, so uh, so yeah, as leader, I'm uh, the uh, elected uh, representative, if you like. So I uh, uh, lead uh, the uh, the members, the elected members, but also uh, lead the administration. Um, and uh, my role is, uh, I guess, to provide that strategic direction for the organisation to provide leadership and uh, represent uh, the council uh, on various bodies, uh, outside bodies and uh, clearly within the council. Um, and uh, that can be at, at local, uh, regional or, or national level. So, uh, so that, that's uh, quite a responsibility. In addition to that, we have uh, we have a cabinet. Um, in, in essence, similar uh, roles, if you like, structure to, to, to that that uh, you, people might be more familiar with uh, with the government and each cabinet member. And there are 10 of us has uh, portfolio responsibilities. My specific responsibility is in relation to uh, economic uh, development and uh, regeneration looking uh, outside and there's plenty of opportunities uh, in our area uh, to do that, but also uh, internally. Um, with uh, human resources and transformation. And as a new unitary, uh, there is a lot of uh, transformational activity that needs to take place uh, internally. A massive role, but an exciting one in a, in a really exciting new unitary. So thank you, for that, Jonathan. And Sam, what, what's your role as chief executive within the unitary? Uh, yeah, so my role uh, as chief exec and head of paid service is to uh, take direction and policy direction from council uh, and from Jonathan and cabinet members uh, and turn that into action and strategy and delivery on the ground uh, of, of those things that um, our, my council set as our priorities. So it's acting as the bridge really between the political body of the council, which is, you know, we have a, a Lib Dem administration, but there's 65 elected members for West and Furness uh, and my job is to be the bridge between that uh, council body and our staff and make sure that we're delivering what we need to deliver uh, in, a, in able to deliver on that policy direction that's set by the council and um, so we've got about three and a half thousand staff in Westmoreland and Furness council we deliver all services that local government deliver so as a unitary council we are responsible for everything from bins and potholes to children's services adult social care um, 
community infrastructure, libraries, leisure centres, community centres uh, and everything else in between. So everything that you think a council does, Westmoreland and Furness does it. It's incredibly challenging at the moment. I've been speaking lots of chief executive and leaders around the challenges of social care. We'll get into that in a bit, but thank you so much for the introduction to your to your roles. Being a relatively new unitary um, in the UK, I mean, what are the ambitions of Westmoreland and Furness Council, would you say? Okay, so if I can, I'll perhaps start with that. So, so yeah, we are a brand new council and we've had to do everything uh, from creating a new constitution to uh, delivering or setting up a, a new council plan and then uh, a, a plan of how we're actually going to deliver on our ambition. Um, so we've we set forward our, our values and ambitious, uh, being an ambitious council is, is actually one of our values. So in terms of our priorities, um, these stretch right across um, the, the area that uh, that uh, Sam's outlined in terms of internal and external focus. So um, we mentioned social care and clearly uh, we want to be able to support uh, active and healthy uh, lives for our for our residents in our uh, diverse communities right across uh, our large uh, footprint. Want to support uh, people where uh, it's possible to do that and, and particularly to help to reduce inequalities and we do have uh, significant inequalities um, right across again our patch some of it is is uh, very rural and so there's issues of rural isolation some of it uh, particularly in Barrow in Furness is an urban uh, centre but there are pockets of deprivation there uh, as well as uh, more affluent areas that one might uh, sort of traditionally um, sort of recognised as, as the Lake District uh, area, uh, although again uh, there are pockets of, of deprivation there that are largely hidden. But so it's there are disparities, and, and clearly we we want to reduce inequality. We've also set our stall out in terms of uh, wanting to be. Uh, a leader in the drive for net zero and that that uh, that figures quite highly in our in our council plan and we have a number of uh, initiatives um, to help us to do that um, we want to uh, help uh, create resilient communities and over the last last month or so we've we've had storm debbie we've had a snow event uh, potentially um you know flooding uh, uh, in various places so uh, we do need to to help our communities to help themselves and and to be a re resilient area um so economic growth clearly i mentioned in terms of uh, my portfolio we've we've want to encourage economic growth because that is a foundation uh, stone for for all the other things that we do we want to encourage uh, uh, culture and uh, if we look more perhaps internally again um, we are a new organization we uh, come from four sovereign authorities each with their own um, cultures and so again we want to help to create a new uh, confident and empowered uh, workforce for our new uh, organisation. So lots again, lots of challenges internally and externally. And of course, we've got to balance the budget as well. Yeah, keeps us a little bit busy. I mean, I think I mean, I think the only thing I'd add to that, obviously, as a brand new unitary, um, you know, we're, we're moving into um, pulling four councils into one uh, and really setting that culture and really being clear about what we want to achieve for our place. So that place shaping role, that kind of place leadership role is really, really important. But the other thing that we're being really clear about is we have got a lot of ambition, but we can't do everything all on our own. You've already mentioned local government finances and, um, you know, there is 
isn't there isn't a bottomless pit and so we're really thinking about how we can work differently with our residents and our partners and how we can really put collaboration at the at the heart of what we do because for some of the things that we want to achieve I mean Jonathan's just mentioned uh net zero for some of the things that we want to achieve we can't do that on our own so it's about how as local government we use our convening powers uh, to bring the right organizations and people together uh, and start to build that on that collaboration so we've got joint um, leadership and we're working collectively for our patch and I think that's a really important part of what Westmoreland and Furness is about really. How challenging is it to have um, such a variety of communities within one council that you're responsible for. So your community base is so varied. How do you go about prioritising where to spend the limited funding? Okay, again, if I perhaps kick off on that. So one of the things that we've we've been um, very clear about uh, there was in our in our manifesto that we we did want to be uh, create a council that uh, was as close to our communities as we possibly could be. Um, so one of the things we've done is we set up locality boards. So we have three locality boards, um, one for, for Barrow, one for South Lakeland and, and one for Eden areas so that all the members um, from those those areas uh, sit on their own locality boards, so they have that focus, and that that sits under uh, full council, uh, where where of course uh, all the councillors are represented. Uh, and again, we've got locality planning, and we're looking to um, devolve uh, power and responsibility to to local areas wherever um, that is appropriate to do so. So we're trying to set. Uh, in terms of uh, of our structure, that that uh, kind of uh, um, uh, yeah, that kind of structure in place to enable us to deliver focused uh, policies. But uh, alongside that, we have also locality teams uh, who are off officers dedicated to to their areas. And again, uh, we we rely on uh, intelligence. And uh, Sam talked about working collaboratively. We work very much with uh, parish and town councils right across uh, our patch and we want to do more of that so there is there is a dialogue and uh, an awareness of um, of our communities as you say right across our huge geographic footprint and again Sam just in terms of I want to go back to a point you made a second ago you talked about the place shaping ambitions of the council and Jonathan listening to yourself economic development clearly something that is a passion that you know, sits with yourself as well in terms of developing a very uh, self-sustainable community base where the community is helping itself. Sam, is it is it feasible to really achieve play shaping ambitions as a council when you have the burden is not the right word, but the responsibility for care and the consequent costs of that at the present time? Um. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think we have to. I think it's more important now than than ever, really. And I think we need to really think about how we can work for our place, how we can work with residents in a really different way, how we uh, with our other public sector and private sector partners, and how we work with our voluntary and, and community sector organisations, which we've got an abundance of in Westmoreland and Furness, and they're really, really strong. I mean, I think, you know, Jonathan mentioned that we had a, a snow event in uh, South Cumbria last weekend. I think we were hit hardest than anywhere in the country. And when something like that happens and it absolutely came to the fore during the pandemic then our residents and our community organizations really step up and deliver they look after each other they wrap their arms around each other uh, and and they have each other's backs and I think if we can start to build that kind of um, resilience and community power then more people are doing more for themselves looking after each other it creates really really strong places which 
then you know if there is an older person on your street who you know might need some additional care or support or a meal bringing round or a prescription getting or whatever it is um then it's it's that kind of um community power and that kind of um you know abundance of caring for your place that we've really got in south cumbria uh, in in spades how do we tap into that and enable that to be the norm so i think what we're really trying to do we've got a big agenda around prevention and early intervention so how do you uh, get in early and prevent some of the um you know health issues um some of the issues we have around um children and families um how do you get in early and create places where people really can thrive so our um, vision for West London Furnace is it, that it's a great place to live, work and thrive. And we're really focusing on that thriving um, place. How do you create the conditions so that, pe that places can um, be really vibrant uh, and with really strong community? communities so that more gets done uh, at place level and so we're really if anything we're pushing more in that direction because obviously if you can pe keep people healthy and well in their own homes for longer uh, then that that benefits them that's where most people want to be people don't want to be in um care homes or residential care homes um so if we can help to make that happen uh, then we can create a, a stronger society but we can also um not be spending as much money on some of those uh, expensive high-end um cases that that we know that we've got so i think we're really trying to shift our model of local government so it is very much uh, a compassionate caring organization which puts people at the heart but then works with those people listens really listens to those voices of people in our community with lived experience and then works with third sector and other organizations to see what we can do to support people in a different way there's a huge amount of ambition at your council, which is just as an outsider, you know, objectively, it's beautiful to look and, and listen and hear about. But with being such a large council with, you know, a variety of stakeholders and personalities, Jonathan, how do you make sure that the members and officers have a very productive working relationship? OK, well, uh, I think one of the one of the uh, the things is, again, when we think about uh, think about our values and our, our culture and uh, do very much want to be an open uh, and transparent uh, council where uh, really we value uh, each other's uh, views and opinions so kind of that that underpins everything really in terms of of our culture um then i think it's about providing opportunities for uh, for members uh, to be able to uh, to enter into that uh, that dialogue and uh, again as mentioned we we have you know those formal opportunities uh, to do that in in uh, locality boards and uh, uh, all of those those other um meetings those committees etc that we have um and then at uh, probably at the senior uh, end we uh, have regular cabinet meetings and informal cabinet meetings and briefings and uh, that provides uh, more of an opportunity perhaps for uh, senior members to to have that dialogue um, uh, with with officers and again hopefully in an open and transparent way we also have um, regular briefings um, for for members from from officers um, and uh, we, we try and um, have those across all uh, different areas of the council and uh, again just try and um, have that open uh, communication and dialogue wherever possible using um, technology uh, to be able to do that you know teams etc so we're not having 
to have people uh, traveling in uh, across our large geographic area and that does help uh, on some occasions to to increase those numbers if people can can access uh, information um, on on teams it does feel that there's a really healthy collaborative and your culture that you're creating is one of communication and inclusion which is is lovely to see Obviously, unitary is becoming a more and more uncommon theme across the UK. For yourselves and your opinions, Sam, if I start with yourself, what has been the biggest opportunity or is the biggest opportunity with the formation of the unitary? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I've been a believer in uh, unitary government for, for a long time, actually. I've got kind of 30 years local government experience uh, and I've worked in districts and counties and big met and small unitaries. Uh, and, and for lots of reasons, it just makes more sense for all services to be within one organisation. So I think in... Um, in two tier areas where you've got a county and districts, you spend a lot of time, officers and members spend a lot of time saying, oh, well, that's not my job, that's their job. Or, you know, you've come to this office, but you need to go to that office and we pass people around. Um, and I think there's there's real opportunities for everything being, you know, figuratively speaking, because we've got lots and lots of roofs, but for everything to be under one roof. Uh, and, th and I think that's a real opportunity. It's easier for our residents to understand because they only need to go to one website or into one centre uh, and they should be able to get answers uh, to all their questions. So I think from a from a, a user point of view, from a resident point of view, having one layer of local government makes lots of sense. Uh, I think in terms of what we can achieve, I think already kind of eight and a half months in, there's some real obvious things where we're doing things differently and it's making a difference. So I think, for example, each of the three district councils in in what is now Westmoreland and Furness uh, had very, very small teams in lots of different areas. Um, you know, again, local government finance has been mentioned, uh, but some of those teams were suboptimal. We, we weren't working at full strength. We were, you know, a lot of councils are struggling to keep up with demand in some areas and, and planning is a really good example for district councils. Um, what we've done already, um, even though all our staff are all still on the same, same terms and conditions because we've got to go through a long kind of process to, to harmonise a lot of services. But, you know, we've brought those three, four planning teams actually as well, because the county council had a planning team responsible for uh, minerals and high, uh, highways and waste. Um, so by bringing those together and creating a bigger team, they're now being able to work in a different way and um, work on priorities across the patch. Uh, so they're starting to eat into those kind of backlogs that we had. Our planning performance is already going in the right direction and improving. So that's a really small example, but eight months in, I think it's really positive. I think the really positive one as well for me in terms of some of the things we've already talked about, Matt, is bringing together adult social care, children's services and housing into one organisation organization just makes so much sense so our housing officers um especially our home um our housing support team kind of homelessness service uh, but also people working in private sector housing and we also as Westmoreland and Furness Council are a stock holding council as well so we've got two and a half thousand council houses that were Barrowborough council houses um, so we've been able to work with adult social care in a really different way around discharge from hospital about how we support people um, before they go into hospital uh, to delay that but also how we support people when they come out and starting to think in a really collaborative way about how we use some of our uh, old people bungalows in a place like Barrow and how we join that up with with adult social care and that's already start again that's already starting to make a difference um so I think there's there's some really obvious examples why having things in one uh make makes 
great sense and just that cross-working as well so uh, you know as a, as a corporate management team all of my directors are working really um you know together on our joined up agenda um and I'm, I'm working obviously with um cabinet members and all of our members as well to kind of deliver on that but it just there there are so many opportunities actually when you start joining up those services um that it it, it just makes sense to me it feels like there's a real economies of scale and then yeah. you can start to prioritize where like you talked about backlog there but where are our real pain points and then putting that resource on those so it's it's addressing that um my last question really to 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 both of you but i'll start with yourself jonathan because you mentioned it you talked about transformation you talked about the opportunity as an organization to really analyze in a very you know case and where about how can we get that one percent improvement across our functions which will lead to the overall improvement of the organization do you believe that the uh, the issues that exist within local government at the moment, when I say issues, I mean the stresses around kind of, you know, uh, essentially funding related can be met through innovation transformation? Or do you fundamentally believe that that will only take us so far and there is need for changes to the, the funding agreements from central government? Um, yeah, I think I'd agree with that, that premise that certainly um, some of what we can do is within our own hands um, and we're, we're seeking to take take those opportunities so you know we've, we've talked about the efficiencies uh, economies of scale etc that come from uh, unitization uh, but at the end of the day most most of our funding you know will be coming in different ways from government and if we're constrained uh, in terms of uh, council tax increases then um, we do need we do need a, a different relationship with uh, with central government, and we do need uh, longer term uh, funding, um, you know, uh, settlements, so that we're we're clear about uh, um, you know what what we're likely to receive from government. So so it, it's 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 a bit of both uh, actually. Um, we we can both uh, we can both do better, and we we from our end are certainly uh, working uh, to that end. It's a it's a really exciting to see the progress that you've made in such a short period of time. And I want to thank you both for coming on today, Sam and Jonathan. It's been really wonderful to talk to you. And I think, you know, for the listeners at home, I think that really illuminates the potential opportunity that exists within unitary councils across the UK. But thank you for your time, guys. OK, thank, thank you. you. Cheers. You've been listening to The Truth About Local Government. Today, we've been lucky enough to have the Chief Executive and the Leader of Westmoreland and Furness Council. We've discussed the opportunities, the challenges, the transformation, the political ambition. It's been a wonderful conversation. If you've enjoyed it, tune back in for more episodes later in the week. Today's episode is sponsored by the UK Leisure Framework, the UK's only dedicated leisure framework. The UK Leisure Framework allows for the direct appointment of a development partner for scoping, design and construction of leisure centres and sports facilities. The framework is available to all UK public sector organisations and has completed over 100 projects to date. For more information, visit leisureframework.co.uk.